Welcome to Career Tools. This week, oversharing personal information. The questions this cast answers are, what constitutes oversharing? What should I share at work? And what should I not share at work? So Sarah, there are some unspoken rules at work about the things that we can and cannot talk about or we or not we can because we can always talk about anything but that perhaps it is better to avoid talking about because it's upsetting to other people or it causes friction or it just distracts us from what we're supposed to be doing which is getting on with our work. And oversharing on some of the topics we're going to discuss are some of the things that upset the balance of a workplace or upset the balance of a team and cause productivity to be lost. We've talked about oversharing before. There's another class called um, political errors, oversharing, and that's more about information that you have that affects the business. So information about whether or not somebody is going to be around or, you know, when you know someone's plans or, you know, your own plans and, and the business is planning around those and perhaps those are, um, your plans will affect their plans, but you can't share them yet. We've talked about that kind of sharing, but this one we're talking more about personal information or personal opinions and oversharing. So we're going to cover don't share, don't include others accidentally, and if it must be said, be short. So why don't we share? Well, the reason we don't share everything in our lives at work is it makes things uncomfortable and affects the productivity of other people on the team. And we're not trying to be cruel here. We're not saying that you should be on autopilot and a robot at work and never have any feelings. It's not our intention. Uh, of course, you're going to have feelings about situations that are outside of work, and it's going to be hard to leave all of those situations at the door. Instead, what we're asking you to do um, is do your best to leave them at the door and not spend time discussing them at work at length. Right. We're going to talk about five big categories of subjects that are unsuitable to discuss at work and in no particular order, medical details, relationship details, money details, political details, and religious details. And anytime you start a discussion on any of these topics, you risk making people uncomfortable, even if they're your friends, right? If you are, are having a nice dinner in the evening and you suddenly bring up details, you know, you say, oh, I'm going into the hospital and somebody says, why? And you get, give them some big discussion about exactly what they're going to do to you in the hospital. That's going to put everybody off their dinner. You wouldn't do that if you were at a dinner party. So in the same way, you wouldn't do it at work. Um, people don't want to hear details of your relationship. You know, your best friend, of course, you discuss the, the, like the ins and outs of your relationship with your spouse. But again, at a polite dinner party, you wouldn't discuss like the marital problems that you're having. Same thing at work. So it's, it's not like we are picking these subjects because there's something about them that is kind of work specific. There's something about them that make other people uncomfortable and the details don't need to be shared. And if you overshare in these areas, then you start to make people around you uncomfortable. And these don't need to be negative things either. Relationship details, for example, for an upcoming marriage. Now, getting marriage or getting married, my apologies, tends to be all consuming. And there's a temptation to talk about it all of the time because that's what's on your mind. 
and especially because other people are interested and they want to know more details. It's a topic of conversation. It's easy to let this topic become a big topic of discussion amongst the team, and that can bring down overall productivity, even though it is a happy topic. Yeah. I remember people buying houses as well. When I worked in an office, whenever somebody was buying a house, that seemed to be the only thing anybody could talk about. And you would hear these long phone calls with the solicitors or with the estate agents. And, you know, they would put an offer on a house and then not get the not get the house and be upset. And then they'd be excited because there was another house and, and so on. And, and it, for weeks, it seemed like the productivity of the team revolved around how this house buying thing was going for one person. And everyone has a story to relate to that story. That's true. Yeah. Oh, everyone. So it just snowballs. It does. And for us, with no no time at all, you've spent an hour discussing house stories or home buying stories and no work's got done. Even if you're talking about something happy, there might be someone in the team for whom that subject is unhappy. So then you might be talking about getting married and being very excited about that, but there might be somebody in the team or around you whose marriage isn't going so well. It's upsetting to them to hear about, you know, all the details of you being excited about your marriage. And that's not to say that you can't be excited. We want you to be excited. We want people to be human and have relationships that are based on things that they're excited about. But what we're saying is if you're oversharing, if this is becoming the topic of conversation amongst the team and you're not concentrating, you're not doing any work, then there's a problem. That's where the problem comes, when the amount of sharing that you're doing is overflowing the work that needs to be done. Yeah, that's why the five categories are as they are. You might have good medical news that might upset someone who has bad news. Or your bad news might make someone else's news feel worse. Right. So hearing your good money news or your money worries makes those who are having the same or different problems uncomfortable. You can't win. No. Part of what makes these categories difficult is that you have no way of knowing anyone else's situation and all of the subjects can be highly emotional for people. Yeah. You you never know, you know, those people who suddenly announce that they're getting divorced or suddenly announce, you know, that they're having a baby and it's coming in three weeks. <laughs> uh, some people like to keep that news to themselves. And, you know, so you don't know what's going on in other people's minds and how your news is affecting them. Um, and you might be very comfortable talking about praying for someone who's sick you don't know that everybody around you has the same religion or practices a religion at all. And including them as if they're in agreement with you is disrespectful and it's detrimental to your relationship because they say, well, this person doesn't really know me. They're including me in something that I don't really believe. Or people do get upset when they're, when they're wished happy Christmas and they're not Christian. On the other hand, some Christians get upset when, when, because they think it's a Christian, the US is a Christian country and therefore I should be able to wish people happy Christmas. And part of political correctness is just to try and avoid some of these, these places where we kind of bump up against each other and rub each other the wrong way. You can't win. That's the point. You can't win. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so don't try. <laughs> Politics is another subject that you might feel really comfortable talking about, whether at a national or local level, but you can't expect that everyone around you 
is as interested as you are or is on the same side as you are. Because that subject, politics, again, can be very controversial. Many people would rather not discuss it at all or even hear a discussion about it. Yeah, I read um, Ask a Manager, which is a site that we love. Gallison Green takes questions. And one of the questions was from someone who took lunch in a break room at the same time as a bunch of other women. Um, they all had the same lunch hour and they, so they would all be in the break room. And a couple of people were really focused on the election and, and the politics around it and who was doing what and who had said what and so on. And the, the person who'd written in was like, I don't, uh, this subject just, it stresses me out and I don't want to hear these. They, it, even though they're not mad at each other, even though there's no argument, I just don't want to hear it in my break because this is a subject that stresses me out. And that's why you this, you can't know that that's something that that's something that someone else is feeling. And those kinds of things, they hurt relationships long term. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like when they say um, that first impressions curb the way you feel about somebody forever. If you burn a relationship with an interaction like that, it's hard to change that yes. view of that individual, of that relationship. It is. There's another reason why it's beneficial to keep your personal details out of work, and that is it can be helpful to you. If you're going through something, work can provide some normality when you're suffering, when you're having a personal crisis. Or even if you have happy news like a pregnancy or um, a house that you're buying or whatever, work can provide some constant when everything else is changing. So if you bring everything into work, if you bring all these topics into work, you then have no sanctuary from them. And work can be a sanctuary for people away from some of their problems. Absolutely. Oversharing can be detrimental to your career. If the thing that comes to mind about you is some personal issue, whether it's good or bad, then managers, they're not thinking about your good work. In fact, they may not want to give you more rewarding work because they think you're overloaded with normal work and whatever is going on at home. You can imagine, right, somebody doing, you, we were just talking about you renovating your house. You can imagine if you talked about renovating your house the whole time, then that would be what comes to mind about you, not that you're doing a great job. That's not a good thing. I bought this house two months ago. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody at Manager Tools knew I bought it. No, exactly. And now we think of you, we think of you about, you know, the things that you do that are valuable to us and valuable to the listeners, not about whether or not you've bought a house. Exactly. So the next part is don't include others accidentally. Even if you're not including others directly in your conversation, it's really easy to include other people accidentally. When there's something going on in our personal life, we tend to lose perspective on just how much it's affecting us. And we therefore need to be vigilant that we're not including others by our actions or our demeanor. And one very noticeable way of including others accidentally is by taking phone calls about the matter at work. And I remember being in an office and this happening all the time and people not realizing how long those phone calls were, how frequent they were, or how loud the conversations were, or how often they left the office. You know, they'd be discreet and like leave the office to have that conversation. But because they were doing it four times a day, you noticed. So people notice your behavior and they notice changes in your behavior. So you have to be vigilant about your phone habits and try not to affect your teammates by having these long or frequent phone calls whilst at your desk 
or if it's email, you're doing email to correspond with someone, you know, that you're not leaving your other emails to fester and you're not not getting work done. Mm, absolutely. Another way of uh, including others accidentally is suggesting a gift for a coworker or a lunch or something else that includes um, costing money. So just because you think it's a reasonable amount for such an item, um, buying a gift for a coworker doesn't mean it's affordable for everybody. Or an activity that takes time outside of work can be seen that same way. Perhaps someone else on the team in the group would have to pay for childcare, for a babysitter, to attend an evening event. It may be cost prohibitive for them for some reason. In this case, it's not that you're oversharing per se, but you're creating a situation where others are forced to give more information, create an excuse to get out of something, right? A reason that they cannot afford it. Yeah, this comes up a lot when, when you look at uh, career websites. People say, you know, oh, it's a it's the done thing that we all put um, put a dollar in for um, – well, $10 in for a birthday gift for everybody, but there's 10 people on my team and that's $100 and I don't have $100 to spend on, to spend on, you know, that which is discretionary when I could spend it on my family or whatever. It comes up a lot and you force people to overshare by doing that. So I have to make all of these things voluntary. And managers, if you're direct sharing, oversharing in any way, whether they're oversharing personal information, whether they're talking too much about or spending too much time on some personal issue, or if there's, you know, something that they're organizing that somehow uh, excludes people, then you can absolutely tell them to stop doing that and give them feedback about it. It's possible to be understanding of someone's personal issues and still tell them, you know, don't share this, the details of the team. You know, if somebody is going through a divorce, it's possible to be completely understanding about the fact that they're going through a divorce and it is emotional and it's, that it's difficult for them and still ask them, hey, those phone calls that you're having with your with your lawyer, you know, don't have them in the office or, you know, please try and have them outside of the office or outside of office hours because it's, it's disrupting the team. Oftentimes people just don't realise. Mm-hmm that other people see what's going on. Yeah, you think you're in your own little bubble. Yeah. People are looking at your bubble all the time. They just don't realize it. Sometimes I think people are appreciative if you point out those things. Just remind them because we're distracted. We're not paying attention to necessarily how others are perceiving our behavior. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and then the last one is if it's if it must be said, be short. Some people are unaware of others' discomfort around certain situations, or they believe that to ask about it is showing concern or interest. And in fact, their questions might be completely normal. If you're having a few days off, it's common that someone would ask what your plans were. Yeah, so whilst, whilst you would want to ask answer the question that's been asked, if somebody says, hey, oh, I saw on the calendar you're having a couple of days off, are you doing something nice? It, this is the point at which you could overshare. Mm -hmm. So in order not to do this, just give a couple of sentences. You know, and on the other side, if you don't want to share, nobody is entitled to more information than you want to give them. Keep the answers truthful because the truth is easier. The, you know, making up a lie just makes it difficult for you and, uh, oh, what a tangled web we weave and all of that stuff. But you can be sure. So, and once you've answered the question, you can change the subject. So, so for instance, if somebody says, 
I saw you're having a couple of days off. Are you doing something nice? You can say, I'm having a medical procedure. Nothing to worry about. Or Steve and I are getting divorced and I have to go to the lawyer. Getting on with work is really helpful to me. Or I'm going on a church trip and I'm looking forward to it. Or I'd love to help, but that's not in our budget right now. Thank you for thinking of me. Or I'm doing some charity work. Nothing major. Or I have a rule about not talking about politics at work. I'm sure you understand. And there's a reason that these praises are in two parts. Because if someone doesn't get the hint and ask another question, you can repeat the second part to stop the conversation. So we'll role play this. Wendy, why are you taking time off? Oh, I'm having a medical procedure, but it's nothing to worry about. Oh, really? What's wrong? Nothing to worry about. By saying the second part of that phrase again, you allow the person to move on and 90% of the time they will. It's really obvious when I say, it's nothing to worry about the second time, that I am not going to say anything else about it. And I'm not going to give any details. And so that stops me oversharing. And it also gives that person the message, hey, well, I'm not going to talk about this. So change the subject. Right. It's a strong hint. It is. It's a strong hint. And yet it's not rude. It's, I'm not saying, hey, I'm not sharing this with you or you're being nosy or whatever. Or you're not even saying, I don't want to share this with people at work. There's nothing impolite about them. They're just short statements and you can say them again. You know, any of them, you know, if you're doing charity work and that's, and it's religiously, it's linked to your religion and you say, I'm doing some charity work, nothing major. And somebody says, oh, really? What's all that about? And you say, no, it's nothing major. You know, they can't ask again. It's It stops them being able to ask again. And, you know, we've said religion is one thing that people get heated about or rub people the wrong way. And perhaps if you're going to do missionary work, other people might not see that as a good thing. And so instead of saying deliberately, oh, I'm going to be a missionary or I'm doing missionary work, you just say, I'm doing some charity work, nothing major. It just ceases the, the conversation and just keeps it to a very small part. It doesn't let it overflow the work. And one of the reasons we work so hard on our relationships at other times is so that moments like this won't damage the relationship too much, right? If you don't share, people can be upset. But in general, if you have good relationships, they're going to be respectful of your answers. Okay, if she doesn't want to talk about it, that's totally fine. Yeah. And some people will still feel like, oh, I wish you'd say something, you know, I want, I'm interested or I want to know more because I, because I care about them. And, you know, if you have that kind of relationship, you know, if you're friendly outside of work and, and you have that, then they'd already know, right? We're talking about people who are on your team or who work with your team who, you know, you don't want to share it with. Or if you share it, it will become this big thing and overshadow the work. And we're not talking here about your boss. You probably need to give more information about circumstances that affect your work to your boss, depending on what that circumstances is. For example, if you're getting married, your boss probably doesn't need to know, you know, what are the wedding colors and what are the favors that you're making. But of course, they would deserve information about time you want off ahead of the wedding to deal with the arrangements. You know, if you know that you're going to have to go to classes in the church before you get married and that means you leaving early for four weeks in a row on a Wednesday you know you owe your boss that the the information as to why you're asking for time off in the same way 
knowing about your health, you know, if you've got a health problem and that's going to affect the way that you're working and it's going to affect it over time, then then your boss probably needs to know, yes, what the problem is and what the prognosis is and uh, how you expect it to unravel. That's different to what the rest of the team needs to know. You know, and if you, between you you and your boss, you decide oh, the team needs to know something because they're going to have to cover for me, then you can discover, just, then you can sort out the level at which you want to have that conversation, which is not oversharing. In summary, oversharing of information does not help you or your team. There may be a benefit to you in sharing detail of what's going on in your private life in that you're relieved of some kind of burden. However, the distraction that it causes outweighs the benefit. There's an effect on your work and the perception of you that others have and the effect of the productivity on the team. Oversharing always has a negative effect overall. So don't overshare. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Bye, everyone. I hope that was useful. We'll be back next week. 